Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with author Tanja Murphy. She also is the Community Engagement Coordinator for the Mississippi Book Festival. So we definitely have a lot to cover and to talk about today. Welcome, Tanja. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so thank much you. for being here. Before we get into the the story of it all, okay. um, tell us when the book festival is. The book festival is August 19th, 2023. So you heard it here, August 19th, mark your calendars. Yes. So we're definitely going to talk a lot about the book festival, mm -hmm. but before we get to, you know, the the in-depth pieces of the book festival, you yourself mm -hmm. are a writer. Yes. So tell us a little bit about what that looks like in your life. What do you write? Oh, goodness. What that looks like in my life. Well, um, of course, I've published a few books, but writing for me can be as simple as a Facebook post or mm. If there's a picture that I see that I want to write about, because a, a good friend of mine, she posted a picture of her cousin hugging her son, and mm. he just tilted his head back and was full of joy. And I was like, I want to write what I'm feeling when I see that. So it could be as simple as that, uh, sending a note to a friend, or that's what writing, I guess, looks like for me. It's not all books. It could just be what am I feeling? And that comes out in my writing. So, yeah. You know, that is interesting because we do have so many ways that we share words through mm -hmm. writing mm -hmm. in, in, in our current time. So that's, yeah. that's really interesting. What I have to know, what happened with that picture? What did you end up writing? Was it just to, oh. to her or? Actually, I, I reached out to her and told her, you mm -hmm. know, this picture, it just did something to me when I saw it. And asked her if it was okay, and she said yes. And it took me a minute to just write what I was feeling about it. And when I wrote it, um, I did share it with her, and she said, "That's that's her son, that's her family, that's how he, you know, moves through the world." And so, you know, sometimes the world will tell you you are a certain thing, and you should feel a certain way, or you don't deserve certain things. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of captured that in writing about it. And her family was, you know, they, they really enjoyed it. So, so oh, yeah. that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. So you grew up in Jackson. Is that right? I, did. I grew up in Jackson. Mm -hmm. Where did you go to school? I actually went to Murrah High School. Oh, okay. Graduated from Murrah High School. Went to Hines. Went to Jackson State, the I love. And, um, you know, met great people, great experiences there. Uh, growing up in Jackson, I just, where where else could anybody grow up? I mean, mm. you know, we grew up with families, you know, people across the street and around the corner, and we rode bikes, and we walked to different locations in the neighborhood, and, yeah, just really grew up like that. We, you know, I had a big family, siblings, and just really a great, great experience growing up, yeah. 
Did you love words early on? Was writing something that you... Oh, goodness, no. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Someone asked me that a few years ago, and I, I don't think I fell in love with words or or writing until later in life. I was a talker. Like, I could talk to you. I could do, you know, some things like that, but as far as writing it down, mm-mm. It, it surprises people. Oh, you probably read a lot of books and you were writing. Nope, didn't. It's just, I think it, it grabbed a hold to me. Um, my son, he noticed I would send this text message to about 50 people hmm. every day in a, in a group text. It was a thought for the day. Just, you know, a little motivation, a little encouragement. And my youngest son, he said, Ma, I think you have more to say. Hmm. And I said, I think I do. And so I actually started writing short stories behind what that text message was that I was sending out every day. So it just started like that. And then I posted something crazy on Facebook about, I think I want to write a book. And it was just the wildest thing. And um, and that was a ride. That was I didn't publish the book till like maybe six years later after mm-hmm. I posted that on Facebook. And I said, I will never do this again. I was like, oh, my God, I will never. Because it was just so many different things. Mm. Um, Even with self-publishing, it's still some things you have to do to make sure that it's right. And that's what I started doing. And even when I said, I will never do this again, God was like, yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That's real funny. You're going to do it again. And so participated in Mm. NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month, where you write so many words a day in November. And so by the end of that month, you have enough words for a novel. So that's how I ended up writing my first novel. Which, that was the first one. That was the first one. And I said, I would never do this again. God was like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's real funny. So so jump ahead. How many books later are we? We are, <laughs> well, we're 10, but actually 12. I'm never doing this again. <laughs> yeah, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I love it. I love and it. And I think some of my favorites with the writing have been... The novels were my favorite. Of course, my first book, of that would be a favorite, but one of the novels. But I've actually had an opportunity to write the love stories in short stories for two couples that were getting married. So I did interviews with them, and then I went back and wrote their love stories, like how they met and their upbringing and how they proposed to each other, what they thought their wedding would look like. And so it was just, those have been really fun to write, too. A lot of work, but just hearing about how people just come together and then decide, you know, this is my person. Mm. So I got a front row to not only writing the books, but both of their weddings. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It seems like just from listening to you talk that you are really inspired by just human, other other people. Oh, yeah. The photo, the love stories. Yeah. And yeah. you... Obviously, we have to talk about, you do a lot of community work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So tell us a little, we're going to tie those two together, okay. but tell us a little bit about what that looks like. So when you say what that looks like. like what, what do you, just what do you do? What, what, oh, what every day? Okay. <laughs> or, well, you know, what are you, some things you're involved with, but the day in the life is great. Okay, sure. So some of the things I'm involved with, uh, of course, I am on a committee with the Mississippi Museum of Arts. Mm. I've been on that committee for a few years, and I like that so many community-minded people are a part of that committee from all Mm -hmm. walks of life, uh, different ages, 
different genders, different races, and how we can come together and talk about art and what art looks like in Mississippi and how the Mississippi Museum of Art can really bring more people in. And so the, the diversity is there. And so it's just been so amazing to work with them. And then also, you know, sometimes with committees, when people say a community committee, it's a community committee in name only. But mm. one of the things I've enjoyed about that committee is we get together, we talk, we discuss things, and we've seen the things that we've discussed and talked about. We see it in the museum. So it's not just a, a it's a community, it's a, a committee that, oh yeah, you just a name only. No, we really want to hear what you're saying. And we really want to take that to where it needs to go so we can implement those things so we can bring more people in. So I think that's important with any community committee make sure that it is doing the things that the community need and hearing from the community. Absolutely. And that's something that we we really try to, to stress with our organizations that work, you know, in mm-hmm. the community area, mm-hmm. my area being community development. Is there any, like, specific advice you have for people that maybe, you know, you said you, you see the things you discuss in the museum. Mm-hmm. How do you bridge that you know from the idea to the implementation do you have any like advice about that I think the advice would be going from idea to implementation Mm -hmm. you have to think about the middle and the middle is Mm -hmm. not going to always be easy but don't give up in the middle especially when you can see possibly what the end is going to look like just don't give up in the middle it can be a great idea be like look i gotta work with these people and i gotta build these relationships and i gotta do this don't give up in the middle when that's you really know, good advice when you know you can like but if we just keep chugging along if we keep building those relationships if we keep having those conversations if we keep sending those emails or those texts or making those phone calls we can actually see this and i think a lot of times people give up in the middle so don't give up in the middle. That's really good advice because that's where you hit mm-hmm. trial and error. This didn't work. How do we start over? Or how do mm-hmm. we try, you know, like Just you said, keep plugging. And I think something you just said really, really stuck out to me is the building relationships part. Mm-hmm. That is so, it takes so much more time mm-hmm. than people tell you when when you're just talking about it in a grant or in a, you oh, know, yeah. workshop or whatever what's that's the big thing like Mm -hmm. what's your advice on relationship building what does that look like you want to build a relationship with a a new community a new school a new neighborhood whatever it is how do you start like where do you how do you do that well one of the things is if you want to build that relationship Mm -hmm. do your homework Mm -hmm. do your homework everything that you know about that relationship or that place or entity that you want to build with you shouldn't go in and say, oh, tell me about you. Tell me this, tell me this, tell me this. Mm-hmm. I think it says a lot when people do their research, find out things. It's like, oh, okay, they've had this to happen in that community. So I need to make sure that I don't do that going in. Or yeah, people have changed. Or who is in a relationship with a person or entity already? Do you know that person? Simply do your research. Mm-hmm. And so you'll know and you can show up with a real interest, not mm-hmm. just, well, I just want to come to the table and do this right here. But why? And I think when you do your why? research, 
you kind of discover it's like yeah i yeah i really want to do this now now that i know this part i really want to do this and i think sometimes people just they see an entity yeah i should be doing something with them but are you sure do your research and make sure mm -hmm. that that's really who you want to be working with and building with so yeah yeah because you're walking in somebody else's house essentially you are you are you know and and i, I just you know, I just, I love talking with people who, <laughs> who know about those relationships. It's just, it's, it's such a beautiful thing when it does can happen. I, can I give an example of that? Yeah, absolutely. You, you said something about going in someone else's house. So I sit at a certain, in a certain spot when uh -huh. I, when I'm at church. Mm. Um, I serve in my church as a greeter, but when I'm not serving as a greeter, there's a certain spot that I sit in, mm. in my church. If I go to someone else's church, I'm gonna ask the greeter or the usher, where would you like me to sit? Oh, that's that's smart. I wouldn't sit at the same place if I'm visiting somewhere that I would in my own house. That's that's a really, mm -hmm. really good example. Mm -hmm. I bet they really <laughs> appreciate that as well. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a. I mean, that's just a very clear example of of the beginnings of building relationships. Mm -hmm. How has that type of work, that mindset, that, you know, just way of living your life affected your writing or connected to your writing? Because they seem very connected as you talk about people. Well, and connect, let me connect it to my writing with one book in particular, and it was the second novel, The Congressman's mm -hmm. Daughter. And so what I was writing about was from a man's perspective, mm. but I'm not a man. Mm. And then also I wrote about his experience with going to therapy. Mm. So I wanted to respect that perspective, but I also wanted to respect the profession of therapy. So one of my good friends who is a therapist, I said, can you read this to make sure that I'm not missing the mark that I'm not going to unintentionally offend a profession or a person. Can you do this for me? And she actually read it. So I think when you're writing about things that are not your norm or not something that you do or from a perspective that's not necessarily yours, you need to ask for advice on those perspectives. If you, if you love people and you mm. care about people. So, yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. it's, it seems to be all about asking the right questions. Yeah. And the willingness to ask questions in the first place. And then you got to be open to the answer. Because if my friend would have said, uh, that's not how that goes. That's not what they do in that setting. Okay. Tell me what they do in that setting. Because I want this to be as authentic as possible. And I feel like I could have heard her if she said, okay, you got to do something different right here. That's a that's the hard part. That's mm -hmm. the middle. That's the middle. That is the middle right there. That's the middle. If if the if it wasn't the answer you wanted, mm -hmm. and just you could have stopped. If I had the idea for this book and I wrote it and I got right there and she told me something that I did not want to hear and I just put it down, I would have never gotten to that book being published. I love how it's all connected it's like connected. this. Yeah. is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app.
Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with author, consultant, and motivational speaker, Tanja Murphy, who is also the Mississippi Book Festival's Community Engagement Director. So we need to, let's dive in. Let's go okay. into, and so what is the, uh, the, the Mississippi Book Festival is called the Lawn Party. It's it's great. It's a literary, literary lawn party. <laughs> literary lawn yes, party. Yes, it Doesn't is. Doesn't that just sound fun? I mean, it's the best, the best party in Mississippi. <laughs> and it's huge. It is huge. It is huge. Yes, it is. So it's, again, what's that date? August 19th, August 2023. 19th. All day. All day day Mm -hmm. what happens at the if you've never been to the book festival what happens at the book festival well first of all you just dive into a sea of books no (laughs) that's it it's just like like the entry point with books just dive into books (laughs) but what happens at the book festival of course we have panels we have over 40 panels we have an author's alley where we have um, people selling their books we have booksellers selling books we have an opportunity for people to get books signed by authors that are there for the panels. Um, we have a panel for everyone. Mm-hmm. Every, whatever your genre of book, whatever your interests, we have a panel or two or three for you. One of the biggest things that we hear after um, the book festival is, it's so many panels, you all made it so hard for me to choose. It's true. It, it's so many panels. But the good thing is, you know, we make the information available. So you can pretty much, you can make it a day. You can make it a day there for your children. You can actually have lunch because we have food trucks, uh, places for you to sit. I mean, it's really a family-friendly environment. So I encourage people, make it a day. Don't just say, oh, I think I want to go to that one panel. Or I think I want to go to that panel. Make it a day. It will be one of the best days you spend in August. And I mean, I know I might be a little biased because I like books and, you know, and I love the Mississippi Book Festival, but it is one of the best family-friendly things that happens in Mississippi. And it happens in August. So you can stoke that fire for reading, whatever age. I mean, it is really literally... Literally something for everyone Mm. during that day. So, yes. How long have you been with the book festival? I started with the book festival in 2019. Um, I was on the board prior to that. And it's just been, I mean, it's just been so fun. What drew you to the book festival? How'd you get there? Well, what drew me to the book festival, uh, someone reached out about serving on the board and I was like, books? The book festival? Yeah, of course I'm me interested. In. <laughs> and just to be in a room with people who are interested in what the literary landscape looks like for Mississippi mm-hmm. and bringing people in from all over the country. I'm like, I'm in heaven doing this. So 
it was a no-brainer for me to mm -hmm. serve. Um, and that's how I became a part of it. And so after serving, you know, on the board, some opportunities to do more community engagement mm -hmm. uh, came about. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'd love to. And so I think more people know about the festival than probably they did when it first started. But just because more people know, there's still more people who don't. And so a big part of my role is making sure everybody knows. Mm. Look, the Mississippi Book Festival happens on August 19th. We want you there. We want you to bring your family. We want you to make a day of it. And mm. so, yeah. People come from they far do. and wide for this, They huh? do. They do. They do. And, you know, people, they travel here. Yeah. You know, not just the authors. You know, people, you know, some of the authors that sell books in Authors Alley, they don't all live in Mississippi. Right. And we've had authors to say that, you know, our national, you know, book award winners and all that, they say this is a premier festival. Mm -hmm. This is a premier book festival. No exaggeration. I mean, we could say it ourselves that, yeah, we do a good job. It's a great festival. But when you hear from people who come and experience it and they come from other places, that's just that that is the ultimate compliment to what we do, not just the book festival, but what we do in Mississippi. Yeah, we're not the hospitable state just on paper. We are actually nice and friendly and welcoming to everyone who comes. So, yeah. I mean, what a perfect marriage of, of the things we do well here, right? Yes. Hospitality yes. and writing. I mean, come on. We do that I know very well. I might be biased, too. <laughs> we do it well. <laughs> we, got, we got the writers. We do have and we the got writers. the hospitality. So a big old mm -hmm. lawn party with books. I mean, it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. Absolutely. It's perfect. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something earlier that, that I, I love talking about. Again, mm -hmm. I'm a little biased as well. But mm -hmm. you said the literary landscape of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. If somebody knew nothing, I don't know how they would not know about our writers, but mm -hmm. if somebody didn't, how would you tell somebody, how would you describe the Mississippi's literary landscape to somebody who knew nothing about it? When you describe the landscape, I think if you say, and when you look at the greats, mm. a lot of the greats come from Mississippi. A and, lot of the greats. And not just like back when, like right, right now, now. Right like, now. I'm like. Right, the now. people who were making who okay, right. I know I'm I hate to, I hate to ask for favorites, but do you have a favorite? Do oh, have do not ask me about a favorite. <laughs> you don't oh. have to. You don't have to give one, <sighs> or you can give ten. I mean, either way. <laughs> I think my favorites. Mm, I like Jasmine Ward. Me too. I got to I interview like, her once. It was. A, oh my goodness! I geeked out. I, like I completely Natasha geeked out. Threatway. Mm -hmm. I like her. Uh, of course, Kiese Lehman. And Angie Thomas. I mean, they're and, all so good. They're all so good. And and what I like about them is not just their books. I like who they are as people. Mm. And they represent Mississippi well from who they are as people mm -hmm. and in their work. And if you ever talk to Kiese or Angie, it's just their love for Mississippi mm. and how it translates into their writing it's just, oh my goodness, it's, it's, very, it's very hard to describe and it's very hard to put in words how much they love Mississippi mm. and who they are. Mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing. 
you know, speaking of landscape mm-hmm. and then talking about these these writers, it just made me realize what a vast representation it is too. Because you know, if you read um, Jasmine Ward, you're going to get that that swampy coastal. Mm-hmm you know literal landscape Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. down the coast headed to new orleans kind of and then if you read angie thomas you get a lot of jackson oh my goodness her latest book her latest and which is her first middle grade book and i'm telling you that one yet oh my goodness it is so good and she always she nods to jackson and she nods to mississippi in every one of her books but that middle grade book it made me love Jackson even more and to go explore even more some of the places that she talked about. And I, she put Jackson, Mississippi, center stage. If you didn't think she wrote about Jackson before, read that book. She writes about Jackson, and it's no denying how much she loves Jackson, Mississippi. I've always pictured Jackson when I read her book. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. growing up, mm-hmm. it, it, maybe, maybe that's just if you grew up here. Yeah. But I, I have to read that because I'm a big fan. So oh, it's so, it's so good. And with uh, Natasha, mm-hmm. with her book, she actually did, a, and it was during the time of the pandemic, she did a virtual thing with Lemuria. Mm-hmm. And her book, it was just the sentences, just down to the fundamental level of a sentence Oh, my goodness. It just blows you away. It just blows you away. And I was reading the book, the hard, hardback book, and I was listening to it. And it was just it was just so intense. You could feel the passion and the emotion in her writing. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. she, She's incredible. She's incredible. She was our poet laureate mm-hmm. for a while and has, mm-hmm. you know, a literary mark. We, now we mm-hmm. have our, you know, Writer's Trail of Mississippi, mm-hmm. which all these people are either on or going to be one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's so cool. So is there something – well, before we get to this year, mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite moments from past book festivals? I know fav- – I keep asking oh. you favorites, not so hard. Oh, my goodness. Some of my favorite moments – would have to be during Kid Note, which happens on mm. that Friday. And with Kid Note, what we do is we bring in local students, but in the last few years, we have added a virtual option so we could mm. engage with students all across the state. So last year, we had about 24,000 students. 24,000. Across the state and the ones that were in person for our two Kid Note events. And just to see the kids in person, wow. to read the questions that they send in ahead of time for the authors, uh, it's just amazing. But the energy in Thalia Mara Hall, oh, it is so electric. So that's where Kid Notice. Kid Notice happens. It happens there. And then in previous years, we've had it there, and we've had some things in the Galloway mm. uh, Sanctuary. But I will tell you, it, it's one school, their, my, their, their um, mascot is a bee. And so every time I would go by, I was like, what's your mascot? And they would just buzz. Like this whole group of kids would just buzz. And so the energy around, you know, kids looking forward to an author and books and just being in that space is just, those are my favorite, favorite moments. And them cheering, uh, awaiting an author to come to stage and just really engage with them. Those are some of my favorite moments. 
there was one experience where it was the actual day of the festival and it was a line it was a line to get in to where an author was it was dave pilkey mm. and to see families like the whole family mom dad uh, brothers and sisters they are there together they have their books in their hand waiting to get in to engage with this author it's just those are my favorite favorite moments yeah i mean how much that's just the coolest thing like to see young people and families Mm -hmm. excited about books excited about books that's just so cool i would definitely get a little teary-eyed with the buzzing and the same people it's just so cool and every time i would walk by they would just buzz again (laughs) it was so cool just pure joy yes yes so what's coming up this year for kid note well, what's coming up this year for Kid Note is Jason Reynolds. Tell us about Jason Reynolds. Oh, my goodness. He is superstar, rock star with middle grade in YA and another exceptional writer. And his books are just so good. And, I, and people sometimes think, Tanja, have you ever read a book that wasn't good? Yes, I've had books <laughs> that I did not like. But I think with him... His books really appeal. They really appeal to middle graders and middle, graders. middle grade and high school. They really do. Mm. And actually, they appeal to adults. I like working with middle schoolers, but some of his books have been YA, and I really enjoy reading those books because, to me, books are tools. Yes, they're entertainment. They're stories. Mm-hmm. But books are tools. I love a writer who can write about something that I can have a conversation with the youth about right now in their world. Jason Reynolds is one of those writers. Mm. He is one of those writers. So I haven't read any of his work. Where should I start? Because I love a YA book. Oh, let's see. Long Way Down. Long Way Down. It is written in verse. And it's about a... A young man who he stops on every floor and he meets someone. I have read about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. This is actually on my list. I'm, yes. I forgot about this. So Long yes. Way Down is good. Uh, Look Both Ways is uh, short stories. And it's about these street corners mm. and these, the different things that happen on these street corners. And it's very, very good. Uh, let's see. And his most recent book, Miles Morales Suspended. Mm. And it's a middle grade book. And really, he, you know, and this is what I like about his style. He throws in some subtle things because mm-hmm. he talks about book banning a little bit. He throws that in there a little bit. He throws in, you know, just subtly. But if you catch it, it's like, okay, Jason, I see what you did right there. And... After good I read, art does, right? Yeah after, yeah, after I read it, I was sharing with uh, Ellen Daniels, who's the executive mm-hmm. director of the um, book festival. I said, this has middle grade book clubs written all over it, all over it, because it's just a, it's a wonderful book for girls and for boys. Because sometimes, you know, with middle grade books, they may steer more to girls might like these books or boys might like right, these books. Right. But this book, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. So check it out, people. Check read, it out. Read, read, read tell them. And of course, th- this is not a shameless plug, but I'm going to say it. He will also be on hand at the festival on Saturday. So he's doing Kid Note on Friday, but he's also doing something on Saturday. So if you got a middle grader 
who like Spider-Man, who you're trying to engage around a book or reading, make it a day, make it a field trip, bring your student, bring your little precious treasure, and <laughs> come to the book festival. Yeah, and it's like gets you out of the heat and into some panels. And yes, stuff. it does. It's yes, August it does. in Mississippi. I don't think a middle grader or a high schooler will be disappointed with that book. I mean, I really enjoyed the book. Now, I might be a little biased, but it's a really great book. It's a really great read. Lots of conversation. I love books that start conversations with kids. Like, I can flip to page 33 in the middle of the page and like, let's talk about this. So what do you think? What do you think's going on there? What would this look like in your world? Okay, if you would change something, what would you change about that part? Or do you agree with what's going on? I just ask the question and I just lean in and listen for the answer. But once all back re- to questions, all back to questions. And if I can get them to page 32, I can get them to the end. And then I can get them to the beginning of another book. But if I engage them on page 32 and they know that this is a good thing, that's how you get them reading and reading more. So you yeah. sound like a teacher. And I'm not, I get accused of being a teacher all the time, but I'm not. But I just, I like books and I like engaging with books. I don't just read books. I engage with books. And then I engage with students about the books that I'm reading. So, I love it. This is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with Tanja Murphy, author and community engagement director for the Mississippi Book Festival. So we've been talking a lot about the book festival, and if you're just joining us, know that it's on August 19th. Mark your calendars. Mark your calendar all day. Yes, yes, yes. So... We're going to talk a little bit about your writing again. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your most recent book. My most recent book, His Bread for Me. Mm. And it's devotionals, short stories, and I put a page in there. So if something resonated with you Mm. after you read uh, the story, you could, of course, write in it. And um, really enjoyed that one. And it's... It's really about, you know, just everyday things and things that I see, you know, as I move through the world. And I think one of my favorite stories in there is about a time I was going down a street in Jackson. And that particular street had, you know, churches. It has churches on one side. And this man who, I won't call him homeless because I think he was in his temporary home because I think something's going to turn. So he was 
in his temporary home, but he was laid out on the porch mm. on the front steps of this church. He was laid out. It was a beautiful day, uh, sunny, and he was laid out taking a nap. And I said, you know what? If I wasn't just hurrying to the next thing, I probably would stop, find a spot on the other side of this porch, and just lay there mm. and take a nap. And so for me, it resonated with, am I getting enough sun and the sun every day? Mm. And I didn't think I was. So that's what I wrote about with that story. But it came from me seeing this man taking a nap on the steps of a church. Wow. So, you know, something that I've just loved hearing you talk about is how people, like real life human people, Mm -hmm. inspire your stories you ask questions, but also you observe a lot. Like you are always looking. And, and I know I can't see everything, but mm-hmm. I'm thankful that what I see was meant for me to see mm-hmm. and what I need to get from what I see. I get that. And if it turns into me writing a story about it or a post about it, then yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just, okay, you saw that. All right, what do you need to do with that now that you saw that? What does that mean for you? Where does it sit right here in the middle of my chest for me? Mm. And what am I need what do I need to be doing with other people because of, you know, what I see? So yeah. You know, I did this writing workshop one time with Jamie Quattro, who mm-hmm. um write writes some wonderful novels and short stories, but she said something to the effect of the artist's job is to not look away. That's right. And that just really felt like, mm-hmm. I felt what you were saying resonate with that. Mm-hmm. And that's not always easy. It's not. But you, it's something you just cannot ignore. Mm-hmm. If it's meant for you to see, you're going to see it. And if it's meant for you to feel something, and depending on where you are, it, it's your core where you are, mm-hmm. you are going to feel something for me seeing that man on the porch it's like look are you slowing down enough to take a nap to rest are you basking in the sun the s-u-n and s-o-n are you doing that and the answer for me was "Mm, not as much as i should i need to slow down and just and i could see it just as plain as day the day that i saw it as I can see it as I'm talking to you right now. I can mm. still see it. You yeah. know, you, you said something earlier about when you do ask questions, you have to be open to the answers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that to just listening to you talk it seems to be the way you move through the world, which is mm-hmm. just so beautiful. Do you have any words of wisdom about how to move through this world being open to what you see and to, to the answers you may not want to hear? I know that's a tough one. Well, <laughs> I think if you want to be the best person you can be, not the best version of yourself, but the best person you can be, mm-hmm. you're going to have to be open to those things that might not feel good, they might not look good, and receive them. So I think you have to be open to that. And and also, you have to be mature with that openness, too, mm-hmm. because there are going to be a lot of things that you can't do anything about, even when you see them. But even the things that you can't do anything about Mm. in a tangible way, what can you do for that situation? Sometimes it's sending a text. Sometimes it's sending an email. Mm. Sometimes 
it's a phone call. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a prayer. Mm -hmm. And you can move on. And I think it's important for people to, whatever it is you know is your purpose, what is connected to your purpose, and let that help you decide what it is you're going to do when you see a certain thing. So Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I love that. Um, So you also have a book Mm -hmm. about that was written for your son in God's hands. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that one. Oh goodness. So, and, and I tell you, it's a story behind all of these books. <laughs> and my son, he's my oldest son. He's in the military. And I think he was at home for a vacation or something. And he's like, mama, do you have everything you've written in one place? And I'm, I'm thinking, no, I really don't. But, I probably could pull it all yeah. together, you know, most of it. And one of the things that I had written was about when he went to the military. And, and some of the things I write is about the, the rawest, most heart-wrenching emotion I've had around stuff that's happened in my life. Mm-hmm. One was him going off to the military. And I felt like I had been a good mom, his dad had been a good dad. But this is my son going to the military he's going to be living somewhere else experiencing these different things and and I just had to write what I was feeling out of me and the Mm -hmm. title of it was In God's Hands I had to literally and figuratively put him into God's hands Mm -hmm. I could not I just couldn't hold him and Mm -hmm. hold his hand throughout I have to put this in God's hands and it wasn't like I hadn't before but I mean, I really mm. had to do it. And so the days leading up to him leaving, I wanted to spend a lot of time with him mm. and do some different things. And we had a moment that I wrote about in that where, you know, he came to my office and I'm like, let's go to lunch. And he was like, Mom, I'm going to bring you something. And I looked at him and he looked at me and I was like, it's okay if you go ahead and leave. Because I knew we were both about to just burst into tears. And so just for me writing my feelings out Mm. and I've actually shared that story with so many moms whose children were going out to the military I'm Mm. like yeah I get it I understand I know what you're feeling and no one would understand what you're feeling other than someone who has been through it and for a while if somebody said his name when I was around I was just bursting tears and they were like I'm so sorry like it's okay it's okay but that was a very you know just tender spot for me so I write you know, real life stuff. Did did that process help you through it? It did. Mm. It did. It helped a lot. It really did. But I had to write it out of me. And so my editor, she said, oh, my goodness. When she read it, she's like, oh, oh my God. Mm. <laughs> but I had to write it out of me. Yeah. And I think writing can be very therapeutic. You know, and that's why so many people journal. You have to write it out of mm-hmm. you. You have to write it out of your heart. You have to write it out of your mind. Yeah. So if it's something that you need to get some peace from, mm-hmm. it's it's all out on paper. It's it's mm-hmm. so yeah, you have to do that. And then other moms who are dealing mm-hmm. with, or other people who are dealing with the same mm-hmm. things can also have that as therapy for them yeah, and they don't feel like what they're feeling is something that's so undescribable mm. 
but they can describe it. But who do they describe it to? But when they read it, it's like, yeah, mm. that's it right there. I didn't know how to put it into words, but that's it. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Connecting through the page. I love that. So I can't believe this. Like I said, it goes by so fast. We're we're (laughs) wrapping up our time. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep saying that it goes by so fast, but it really does. Um, So the book festival, August 19th, tell us where we can find information about the book festival. Mississippi book festival.com. That's MS book festival.com. The panels, the authors, Everything that's connected to the book festival will be on that site. Now, the day of the festival, because I know everybody listening is going to come. There is so much signage everywhere. I'm telling you, you will know where to go, what to do, the times, uh, booklets, everything. But msbookfestival.com, everything you think you need will be on that site. And what are some of the big, um, exciting things we can expect this year? Oh, exciting things that we can expect. Our authors, maybe some exciting authors that are going to be here. Oh, my goodness. James McBride, who Mm. wrote Deacon King Kong, his uh, latest book, uh, Heaven's Grocery Store, actually comes out in August. Oh, exciting. And if it's anything like Deacon King Kong, oh, my goodness, so good. So in Deacon King Kong, so I'm a... I'm going to give you a suggestion. If you read that book, you're going to want to be at the panel for Heaven's Grocery Store. Because Deacon King Kong, I love a book where every character is written so well they could have their own book. Mm. Heaven's Grocery Grocery Store will probably be that way. But Mm. Deacon King Kong, wonderful. And he, he writes so well. So looking forward to him. Of course, looking forward to Jason Reynolds. Um, He has such a way with... When he does student groups and engages students, looking forward to that. Um, a lady who, she's actually local, Lauren Rhodes. Lauren works here. Yes. Yes. She's our grants director. We love Lauren. Yes. And see, I remember Lauren from when she made kombucha. Yes. So good. And looking forward to seeing her. You know, everybody's like moving and busy and stuff, but she'd probably be surprised. Yeah. Tom's just looking forward to seeing her. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing all of the authors, and I'm just looking forward to seeing people really enjoying authors and enjoying books. Bring your bag. Bring your bag so you can buy books and put them in your sack and take them home and just spread them all out and pick and make your list of what you're going to read after you, you leave. So I'm looking forward to all of that. You know, growing up, the Scholastic Book Fair at school was the best mm-hmm. thing ever. This is like a million times more than Oh, that. yeah. This is like on steroids. If you loved the book fair growing up, this is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for you're welcome. The, the stories about your life, the mm-hmm. in, you know the info about the book festival, the book suggestions. Yes. It's been so great. I mean, if you listen to this interview you should have a list of books to go read i do tanja murphy you've been so fun to talk to thank you so much for being here you're welcome thank you for having me thanks for listening to this mpb think radio podcast mpb depends on support from listeners so if you can please contribute today at mpbonline.org Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel.